So as I record this, we are in 2020. This is the world of social media, of instant messaging, of the new Facebook groups where you can now just call up a mate whenever you want to. So the question is, is email marketing still effective? Do we still do email marketing as a brand or a business? Well, I am happy to say that I had the lovely Helen Lindop on um, the interview today. I asked Helen to come on after she was doing some email marketing for an e-commerce campaign I was running at the end of last year. And uh, she was superb and we had an amazing chat. She has some great tips on email marketing and how to ensure that you're still being super engaging and why email marketing is more important than ever right now. Wouldn't you love to build a business you can run from anywhere in the world, whether that be your kitchen table or a beach in Fiji? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Your Lifestyle Business, the show where I bring you into my life as a traveling entrepreneur and along with some of my awesome guests, give you tips and strategies for building your own freedom business. Welcome to the show. Let's make it happen. Hello there, Helen. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. I'm good, thanks. Yes, thanks very much for having me. I'm sorry I'm a little bit croaky today. <laughs> Not a problem. We are, as we're talking, we're still in January. The old flu bug has been rife across the world. <laughs> um, all my friends had it here in Phuket before I left to come to the UK. Um, and then I got it as I literally landed in the UK and had it over Christmas. And it sounds like you guys have got a bit of it over there where you are. Mm, definitely. Whereabouts in the UK are you based, Helen? I'm in Bedford, which is about an hour by train north of London. Ah, okay, awesome. And how's the weather there today in January? A bit chilly, I'm going to imagine. It's not too bad, and we have sun. Oh, so lovely, lovely. Yeah, just for a change, we have sun. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, awesome. Um, all right, so I won't bang on about the weather, because I do tend to start my podcast. <laughs> I do tend to get into <laughs> long conversations with people wherever they are in the world, where we start discussing, oh, what's the weather where you are, and what time is it, and all the rest of it. So we'll crack straight on uh, with, because we've got a lot to get through today. It's a very exciting subject matter we're talking about. Um, so before we get really into all of the things that surround email marketing, Helen, let's talk a little bit about you first and tell us your journey that's taken you to where you are today now helping others with their email marketing campaigns. Uh, right. Well, I'm, I'm the person who, who didn't pick a business model online and run with it and have great success within six months. I'm the one who, who tried lots of different things. You and me both. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, th I think I, I didn't used to talk about that too much because everybody wants to be, hey, I'm really successful, uh, don't they? But now I've started to open up a bit. Everyone's sort of, wow, thanks for being so honest because, it, you know, so many people find this a challenge. So um, I dabbled about online in about 2003, 2004, um, but it, it, I didn't have time to do it really properly. Um, and then I had uh, two kids really close together, um, 15 and a half months apart. Um, and that meant I didn't have time to go to work. <laughs> and the childcare was just outrageous. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to do something else. Um, so I started blogging. And then I um, was approached, was, it was a blog about starting a business as a mum. And I was approached by somebody else who had a blog on a similar subject. And we co-wrote a book. So I found myself as an author within uh, six months of starting, which was fantastic. Awesome. What um, was the book called? Um, it's still on Amazon. It is, um, 
start a family-friendly business. That's 10 years ago. That's why I just paused. Awesome. Start a family-friendly <laughs> business. Brilliant. It is, it is still on Amazon, yeah. And I think, I think uh, the, the first thing that went wrong there was that I, I, when you, people say, oh, write a book, it's great. But they, what they don't tell you is it's the back end that makes the money. Yeah. And I didn't know enough to do the back end and I didn't have enough time with having two tiny kids to do the back end stuff um, properly. So um, although it was fantastic, great experience, I, I made about 100 quid in total on, <laughs> on that. <laughs> I love it. But oh, it was mate, a, it was a really good... You did bet my first product, which wasn't a book, which was a little yeah. video course. I made 24 quid on my first, my first launch. Oh, wow. So, yeah, okay. 100 quid, is, is, that's pretty damn good. Well, I mean, it, it took about a year... I think to do that so yeah I love it yeah. I love it yeah um but it gave me such confidence boost because if you say to people I've written a book they're like wow you know yeah absolutely um, you're an author instant credibility yeah that's right that's right so so yeah so after that I thought well you know I'll try an ebook next time so I, I wrote an uh, an ebook put it on my blog um I think I sold even less but because it was all my money I made slightly more but not yeah. much <laughs> Yeah, um, but it, it's all. I think that there's, there's such a long learning curve with this because you've got all the. Uh, you've got to learn the tools. You've got to learn the marketing, um, and it's just so harder than one tells you it is. You know, you've got to have a lot of determination and persistence. But um, then, with the training background, the online course thing happened. Um, and this was wonderful because for years I've been um, back in the '90s. You know, lugging desktop PCs upstairs with a suitcase with a projector in it and I was like if only you could do this remotely in some way and obviously it just wasn't possible and then when it did happen and I could make an online course from home with relatively cheap equipment I was just like wow that's insane how can yeah. so I, I did that um again every time you start something new entirely different learning curve um I went on I've still got a course on Udemy uh, I've got a few on Udemy, but only one that's really, really selling. Um, and that had its pros and cons. And um, what was that then I, about? What was that about? That was about Facebook groups. Okay. Um, and that's about five years old now. And that was at the time, if you remember, um, the the the, um, the reach of pages went down, and everybody rushed to groups instead. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it sort of tied in quite, not on purpose, but it tied in quite nicely with that at the time. Okay, awesome. Uh, so again, great experience. Didn't make a great deal of money again, which is a bit of a pattern. Yeah. And then I started making um, white label courses, so PLR courses um, yep. so that other people could buy and put on their sites. And that was so close to being a really good business model, but I had a few issues with that. So um, in the end, I thought, no, I'm going to offer a service because um, I'd like to do products again, but the best way to, to, to know, to understand your audience is to offer a service to them. And the service that I, where I felt I could make the biggest difference and knew the most about, and I saw people failing and struggling with what was the email marketing and also the, the marketing automation as well. And um, CRMs, which is the kind of, it, it's related. So it's the sort of keeping track of your sales activity. Um, yep. So many people, so many small businesses just don't have a customer database. So they don't know who to contact, when to follow up, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and that really does make the difference in a small business because it's your repeat sales that make you the money a lot of the time. And a lot of people aren't really doing that as effectively as they could. So do you do you tend to work a lot with offline businesses as well with their email marketing campaigns? Um, it, it's mostly online, um, but it's often those people that are um, have got a good understanding of the potential of online. Um, but they either their focus is on something else. 
and they don't want to do it or they just can't get get their heads around how to get it all together mm. um so some people are, are people like trainers and therapists that that kind of person who know that online is the future they know they want to maybe move towards products they know they need an email list to stay in touch with people in between um chunks of working with them mm. um but they they're, they're you know their thing is 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 talking to people or working with people they don't want to get bogged down in the in the tech so mm. that that's mostly where i'm working at the minute we'll come back to that because that's going to lead us nicely into a question i have for you but before we get there i just want to talk about your journey over the last few years so you say you started sort of dabbling in 2003 2004 that's quite a long time ago so what oh, yeah. What do you feel um, kept you going through that time? You know, over the times where you weren't making much money and you were trying all these things and you had all these huge learning curves, um, rather uh, than just packing it all up and thinking, oh, well, sod this for a lark, I'm going to go and get a job. What do you think it was well, that really kept you, kept you moving forward? Well, actually, I did. I oh, did. Okay. Um, because I, I mean, I was, I, I was training to be a coach in about 2002 mm-hmm. and it wasn't for me because I'm much better better on that sort of um getting people and technology working together is is my thing but occasionally you think oh no i'll, I'll do something heavier with people's minds you know and then i just no it's just not me um <laughs> but that that was when i stumbled across the kind of online personal development thing you know and then back in the day it was it was really just text on a website and and a weber and that was it and maybe clickbank if you were really advanced and that was all there was um and i just saw i, I think being a, a software trainer i like my software always have and I just saw the potential and I just thought this is amazing you know I don't I you don't have to travel and you don't Mm. have to you can reach more people Mm. and I just thought it was fantastic but I the um the technology was was simpler so there was less to learn but there was a lot less trust in it back then so people were terrified of putting their credit card numbers in back then didn't trust PayPal Uh, and that was a massive barrier that we totally take for granted now you know yeah that's completely gone well not Maybe not completely, but it's it's a massive improvement compared to Well, the to new generation, they, they, you know, they have no issues. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I mean, at that point, a lot of people were like, oh, Amazon, that sounds a bit shady, getting books online, you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing <laughs> how how different things are now so yeah. um and then i couldn't i couldn't make it work make, i couldn't again couldn't make enough money in a short enough time to make it viable so i went back and got a job <coughs> in software training which which was the right thing it was fine and, and i think that's another thing to say to people who sorry are just maybe just, working just, in on, just, online businesses and it's not moving as fast helen yeah. just stop a minute yeah. sorry sorry when you coughed the screen froze which was beautiful Ooh. actually because it took your cough away um but just go for it just go from there again where you said um you went and got a job in just say, say that again. okay um i went back and got a job as a software trainer okay yep um and i'm not embarrassed about that at all because i think so often in small business people say oh i'm unemployable now i'll never go get a job and sometimes it's if your business has has run its course um if if you need to pay the bills there's no shame in that go get a job if you need to and come back because once the bug has bitten you it won't leave you alone and you'll be back in a couple of years yep absolutely Um, which is what happened to me i just thought i this isn't for me I, i really want to be doing my own thing running my own business and it might take a while with two tiny kids but I'll get there that's what I want to do okay awesome and um what do you think what happened that inspired you to start a service-based business then what can you remember a specific thing or a person or a a, a video you watched or something that said to you do you know what that's the direction I now want to go in I want to run this service-based business and help people with their email marketing campaigns yeah I mean I I think um 
there, there was always a, a bit of tension because I, I think so often people start with a service business and then think actually I want to be a bit more passive I want a bit more um, recurring income and then they go that route and I didn't want that being a trainer mm. I wanted to start with the um, one-to-many semi-passive stuff right from day one um, and what I found is there were two problems <coughs> There were two problems with that. The first one is that it takes a lot of time and um, knowledge to build that up and you've got to pay the bills in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything I made from that was this was going to support me rather than being invested back into that business. Mm-hmm. And you get in a bad cycle that you can't get out of like that. And the other major problem is that unless you're offering services, you're not close enough to people's problems to solve them with a digital product mm-hmm. so um i realized that for both of those reasons both fi- you know financial to give me the, the 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 money i needed to invest in the business and support mm-hmm. myself and also to get really close to people's businesses and understand exactly what their problems were and what needed solving mm-hmm. it made sense to go back and and do those services and the nice thing about it is that I like working with people because mm. you, you're really close and you're solving their problems and you're taking a, you know, a load off their minds. And it's really satisfying in a way that I think sometimes just making digital products can get um, quite isolating, can't mm. it? You know, Absolutely. You, you're sitting on your own with a laptop and you're recording your voice for days on end and you, you know, it can drive you a bit crazy. Yeah, completely. <laughs> No, I, yeah. to- I totally get where you're coming from. And um, I mean, it's something I've struggled with, actually, for years, over my years of being in the, in the business, which is why I love, I'm such a big advocate of social media, because I love the engagement, you know, like in the, mm. Facebook, in, the, in the YLB Facebook group. I love the engagement. You know, I get really kind of like, oh, I hope somebody's commented or come in and made a, said something because I love to get in there and have a chat and have a talk because what you just said there is golden, you know, that, that it's very difficult to get close enough to people's problems to really be able to get in there and try and help them and solve them. So you kind of help that you kind of hope that if you put enough content out there, you put enough answers to questions that at some point you're going to be able to answer somebody's question. Do you know what I mean? With the content Mm. you're putting out there. Um, And I think if we didn't travel quite as much as we do, which almost makes it impossible to be able to constantly be on people's time zones, um, then definitely getting a bit closer and doing the one-to-one stuff would be, you know, a a, a very fulfilling, I can see that as being a very fulfilling um, way to go because you're, you know, just in, in contact and direct connection with the people that you're serving which is fabulous um, I think often people's problems are not what you think they are so I, I went into this thinking I need to know everything there is to know about email marketing I need to be an absolute expert um, and the more you know the better great um, but often I, I wasn't people weren't hiring me because I knew a lot more than them they were hiring me because they just didn't have the time or the inclination to do it mm. so sometimes it's it, it's then they, they, they're um, hiring you before your knowledge yes but that's that's not really the whole picture so as long as you know more than them um, and and you're you've got an enthusiasm for the subject that they haven't mm. you know that's what they want from you and trust you know people underrate trustworthiness and showing up on time and all those things that are so easy to take for granted um, if you've got that that's and people feel they can trust you with their business um, that that's such a bonus when thinking of a and so what do you think is one of the biggest issues that people have with email marketing? Is it time? I mean, is that kind of like the number one issue? Um, I mean, time's always a big one. If, you, if you're running a small business, because you have to do everything, absolutely everything, and nobody's good at all that stuff. So, you know, if you can outsource some of it, then it just buys you time to do what you're good at. And that's, that's 
perfectly fine and sensible. I think an, a problem with email marketing specifically um, is, is back in the day, it used to be um, landing page, um, freebie download, add them to a list, and that was it. And that's in the, for some people, that's actually quite challenging still in itself, but it used to be that that's it. Um, but then it, it's just the, the platforms have got a lot more complicated. So now you've got segmenting, you've got tagging, you've got in Europe, you've got GDPR. So there's laws about what you can do with that data and how you need to store it and how you need to collect it and all that stuff. Um, it's just um, can get so complicated that people just go, ah, oh, I can't cope and I'm not doing it. Um, and uh, also there's this whole thing about, oh, email's dead anyway. It's all social media now, isn't it? So there's, there's all sorts of barriers that, that I can help people overcome. Um, well, and that, it's not that, as bad as they think. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that, that's going to be my next question. But before I go there, I have to tell you this quick story. That the product that I made £24 on, <laughs> I, think, I, I don't think it was pounds. I think it was even dollars. So it would have been even slightly more than that. Um, I think it was $24 I made was actually a friend of mine at the time had um, come out with a PDF on how you could turn an Aweber capture box into a landing page on its own without needing anything else. Yeah, you used to be able yeah. to create an Aweber capture box and just get the link directly from Aweber and you could put that in to your URL box and bang, up would come the Aweber capture box. So you didn't even need a landing page. And I turned his PDF into like three or four explainer videos on exactly how you could do that and charged like seven bucks or something and, and made Fantastic. 20, 20 odd dollars. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was in the days before having any kind of email list or audience myself. Um, <laughs> but let's <laughs> do, I, I, my first product was an email marketing product. Um, so is email marketing dead no not at all no um, I think in some ways it's more important now because everybody is so focused on social media and it makes you, and if don't get me wrong social media is fantastic I love it I wouldn't have have achieved what I've done in 10 years without it I can't imagine life without it um, but you don't own it so at any point, Facebook can change the rules and they have done, you know, they, 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 they have several times um, and made businesses lives very, very difficult. Um, so, you know, you need something that you own. And if you've got an, an email list, you own it as long as you back it up, uh, which people forget to do. Uh, but yeah, if you, as long as you back it up, if, if you, that platform just disappears one day, you just take your backup and you upload it to a different platform. And that is your, you know, your, your business is safe and your customer data is safe. So, um, yeah, it's still incredibly important. Um, I think, it's in many ways it's harder than it was because you can't just blast stuff out anymore. Um, you've got to treat it a little bit like social media in that you've got to think about engaging people and you've got to think about sending people what, you know, segmenting your list. So you're sending people what they want to read rather than just blasting it out to everybody. Um, I think you've got to be more conversational. You've got to be more personal. You've got to do all the stuff that you do amazingly well, you know, uh, come across as a real human being that cares um, rather than just sending out information so I think that the content is is more challenging than it was I think um, too many people don't think about subject lines still because if people don't open your email then you're wasting your time um, I think you've got to be careful to avoid spam I think you've got to be careful about the legalities of it like you know GDPR and can spam in in North America and all that sort of stuff so it is harder than it was um, but it is, it's still incredibly effective if you do it right, definitely. Mm. 
And the the argument about harder or easier, that's an interesting one because I would agree with you that it probably is a lot harder because there's so many more emails now and so many more companies emailing out and your inbox is constantly bombarded with emails. Um, but is there also an argument to say, okay, perhaps that now though it's also easier because people are now educated on the fact they're going to get marketing emails and therefore it's not so much. Uh, I mean, years and years ago, wasn't it? You sent out an email. I used to get abuse sometimes from my emails back in, you know, 2010, 2011. How dare you? I remember getting an email once from a guy that said, why are you sending me an email at four o'clock in the morning or something, his time? And it was because it was so foreign back then <laughs> you know it was an automated email that went out at a certain time but it happened to land in his box at four o'clock in the morning um I wanted to go back and say why are you up at four o'clock in the morning you know go back to bed <laughs> but um <laughs> now it's everybody expects it don't they so is there an element of email marketing you think that might be easier because of the education people have had as well I mean, that's a great point. It's so, it's a bit like my example was PayPal, isn't it? You, you, time rolls on and you think, oh, this is getting harder. But actually you forget about the challenges that have improved over time. Like, you know, like I said, um, now people don't really bat an eyelid about paying something or, you know, with their, their mobile phones or a credit card or PayPal. They don't even think about it. Mm. Um, whereas back in 2003, 2004, people were really suspicious of PayPal and, and, very, you know, a, a, I would say a, a smallish percentage of people would pay for your stuff with both PayPal because they didn't trust it, and that's been completely forgotten. So I think, yeah, it's really easy to overlook the challenge, the other challenges that there used to be, and only think about the challenges that are increasing going forward. So, a lot of the time, it's it's not actually really harder; it's just different, and you've just yes. got to keep changing your approach because online everything changes so fast. Yeah. Um, that you've got to really stay on the ball. And I, and I think that's one thing that, that I, that made me specialize with, with the email marketing is that I was doing a bit of WordPress and I was doing a bit of social media for people and it just got so complex. I realized I just couldn't get good enough at anything unless I specialized. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. So let's go through the different, the, the different levels that people might be at. Let's start at the beginning. So you've got somebody who is fairly new. They've launched a blog. They know they want to build their email list. Um, they're not entirely sure how to go about it. What would you say are the first few steps they really need to take to start collecting um, email addresses, not just collecting email addresses, but getting to know and engage with their audience that, that um, yeah, that's it. What, what I would do, and I've, I mean, I did this for a client right just before, you know, weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago before Christmas, um, is I would get some sort of landing page. And there are some platforms that have landing pages integrated in them that, that you can use. You don't even need your own website if you don't want to, to get started. So get a landing page, get a, um, such, such as, sort of, such as, uh, mail, mail a light, um, we'll give you free landing pages, um, We'll give you landing pages and it's free up to a thousand subscribers. Okay. Mailchimp, do they have do they have landing pages? Mailchimp have them. Mailchimp are changing though. They're changed. They, Mailchimp used to be the go-to for lots of people, but they're becoming more of a, a CRM marketing, marketing automation platform. Yeah. Um, and that means that you you get less for free. I mean, you used to get a lot for free, so you get a lot less for free now. Um, and I think beginners are finding it more difficult than they used to. It's it's okay. a more difficult platform use than they used to okay um so for beginners i tend to suggest mailer light now rather than mailchimp okay um 
so yeah get yourself a landing page get yourself a list get yourself some sort of incentive for getting them on the list you know freebie pdf or a discount or something to get them on the list um, make sure it's all done legally where wherever you live so if you're, you're getting europeans on your list to pay attention to gdpr for example uh, you know don't break the law so not, not don't even go there um, and then just wherever you go um, just mention that landing page so if you you know by the way um, I've got um, a free checklist you can download on exactly this subject um, just go to give them the URL and then download so it becomes habit put it in your email footers of your personal emails if you want to just put it everywhere mm -hmm. and then you're kind of almost building your list without you know without spending anything um, and then you're building your list from people that genuinely know something about you and are interested in what you do yeah. I, I would start with that set up a welcome email as a very minimum so that they they know um, and, and tell them a little bit about you in the welcome email so they know who you are yeah uh, and ideally put a couple of a couple more emails to go out on like day two and day four yeah. after they've signed up just to start building that relationship and then if you forget to email for a few days or a week you know it's already done for you yeah yeah and I would and I would do that years ago we were always advised to ask a question in that first email to try and get people to actually respond to us because then that would whitelist the email does that still work in gmail and stuff is that still important um, I'm not sure about Gmail, but uh, it's a great idea and I've done it. Um, okay. And just from the point of view that I think people assume in emails, they, 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 it's a one-way thing. It's not like social media. It's a one-way thing. They get bombarded and say, um, tell me, if you write in your first email, um, tell me your top problem with X, whatever the subject of your list is and your blog is. <coughs> and then they send you a message back. You respond to them with your solution. I've had people go, wow, you're a real person. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they don't even, yeah, they don't even think you're a real person a lot of the time because they're just, the expectation is that they're going, going to be bombarded with stuff from you. And it, also, it almost sets up like a social media kind of relationship through mm email and it helps so it's a great idea just from a relationship building point of view it really does make a difference i know it's tough and i know if you're somebody like you know tim ferris who must get thousands of emails a day it's probably very difficult to manage but um you know when you're a small business just starting out and you're growing it's so if you can respond to people's emails i've just found that really makes such a massive difference to your engagement rates your open rates all of that kind of stuff you know because people do mm. start to trust you it builds that trust and credibility it does it yeah. does definitely Okay, and um, so they've, they've set up their little uh, email and um, they've got a freebie and they're now starting to um, work with their audience. How often, how often should they be emailing? Is there any hard and fast rules on that or is, or is it, you know, however, however often you think is applicable to what content you have to give out? Um, I think there's a few factors there. I, th I think the, it's more important to pick a, a frequency that you can do consistently. Yeah. So if you if you can do it if you're if you can genuinely only email something good monthly do monthly, but you have to keep in mind that if you're trying to sell stuff in your emails if you're only emailing them twelve times a year that's not a lot of selling opportunities, so you would need to be realistic about about what you're going to get from that. But it's better to email them regularly every month so they remember who you are when they want you than it is to to send them loads of emails for a month and then they don't hear from you for six months. Yep. Um, so, so there's that because um, a lot of with a lot of small businesses, having enough good content to send out often is a challenge. 
unless they've got a copywriter or someone like that working with them so um i think a lot of the t sometimes you look at these big blogs and you think wow they're writing an absolute ton of really good information i can never compete and you're right because they've got a team of writers and you haven't um so you've got to be realistic about about what you can do i think that's the first thing so whatever it is make it quality make it good make it useful make it tailored um and I think beyond that, you've got to test it. So um, it may be that if you, you're sending some emails frequently, the content's good, you're selling a few things, you can bump it up a bit and you can send, send, up a, send it a little bit more frequently and see if you make more sales. If you get a ton of unsubscribes, then yeah, maybe go back again. I mean, I think, I think if you get some unsubscribes, that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're losing the people who weren't buying anything anyway, yeah. I think you've, you've got to view it in the context of what your goals are. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I've had clients who, um, let's say they uh, give an example, they're an, an accountant, their books are full, they can't take anyone else on, but they just want to keep fresh in people's minds for when they do need more clients, when somebody leaves in six months. Sending a monthly email is perfect for them. Absolutely. Yep. That's all they need. Yep. Um, whereas I've had, um, back in the day when I was um, selling uh, as an affiliate, I was, I was selling digital products as an affiliate. I needed an email going out at each week at the very least because that was my, my, my main way of selling things. And also people in that internet marketing space, I think are much more... Um, much more relaxed about being uh, having receiving a lot of email because they that's just part of the territory with yeah. the email marketing area isn't it yeah and what is your view on because that's an interesting one you're saying if you're selling by email it's been a long time since I've sold by email I found that um over my years of doing it I find that if I sell by webinar or sell by video or whatever I actually get a much higher conversion rate so what I'm actually selling in the email is a come and join my webinar or come and view this video as opposed to click on this link and go straight to a sales page um, working with your clients what have you found an effective a really effective route to um, make sales um it, I think it's it's similar to, to you really um, in the I mean it can be really effective but it's all about that relationship and that engagement you've got and the better that is and the better the trust is the much more likely you are to sell things it's a much easier sell uh, because if <coughs> if they trust you and you say it's good they're much more likely to buy it aren't they it's as simple yeah. as that yeah um, I think you're right I think um, we webinars are um, are really effective I mean, if you can get across the fact that, that I think they've been spoiled by a lot of people who've just put they out have. lousy content, if you can get around that, and that's trust again, isn't it? If, if you're one of these because I know there's people that know their webinars will be, and I know there are some that aren't, aren't going to be. Sorry, um, Helen. Sorry, you froze up there. Can yeah, you, you froze as well. So just a quick break and then just say what you were just saying then again about webinars. Um, I, I think again I was saying webinars have been spoiled a bit by the ones that are really low content and a lot of fluff um, yeah. um, but again that's trust I mean I, I know that if you do a webinar it's the content's going to be fantastic and it, it's not going to be an issue so I'll watch yours and I might not watch Joe Bloggs's who I know are not good um, so it, yeah it's so much down to, to trust and engagement and, um, and I mean the, the things I sold in in emails tended to be small info products yeah um, so I think people are more inclined to buy small products using an affiliate link in an email and then there was a funnel behind those so they, they might buy a product for oh, 10 15 20 dollars 
and then there would be an upsell on the back of that and another one and another one and that works better in internet marketing yeah in the, in the internet marketing niche than it would if you were like a coach or somebody yeah. like that so it's it's all about knowing your audience as well isn't it it is and i think our oh, trust i think is 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 the big one i think it really is i i actually found um i did a test a long time ago with different subject lines um you know to to get people to open and one of the things um, that I notice in my own email is that albeit somebody might come out with a subject line that, that's much more attractive than the subject line they had last week, if their name, if it's somebody I really enjoy their content and I see their name pop up in my email, I will probably read their email anyway. Do you know what I mean? So all of a sudden, mm. once you've got that credibility and real trust that people feel that your content is super valuable and you're not just selling them all the time, then all mm. of a sudden you can get away with the odd dodgy <laughs> headline because they're probably going to open it anyway because they see your name and they think, oh, yes, yeah. here's, here's my email from whoever, you know, and, and all that's going to be good. That's going to be good. For, I always try with my emails to try and make them fun. I always try to inject as much fun as possible because what I'm hoping is that when somebody opens my email, it makes them smile because if I can make them smile, then I know that they're going to open my emails, you know, much more frequently and go, Oh mm. yeah, good. That's going to brighten up my Monday morning or whatever, you know, cause I always send mine out on Monday. Um, yeah, absolutely. So trust is absolutely huge. And, and something as well, Helen, that I, I was listening, I'm not going to mention any names, but I was listening to a really good podcast a few months ago and I was listening to it religiously and I really loved their content. They were so good. Um, and so I went to their website and actually signed up for their free PDF, whatever they were offering. And literally within you know, minutes, I started getting bombarded with sales emails. And I mean, it lasted for like two weeks before eventually I just said, you know what? I don't even want to open your emails anymore. And for that matter, I'm done with your podcast. And it mm. put me off so much and they had great content, but because their emails then came in and were starting, you need to sign up for this, sign up for that, sign up for this, sign up for that. All of a sudden, they just put me off them so much that I didn't even want to listen to their podcast anymore. So I really feel just from my experience as well over the years of doing email marketing campaigns, anybody who's uh, just setting up a campaign right now or thinking about starting email marketing, those first two or three, you know, don't rush into the sale. Those first two or three weeks are so important to build that relationship and, what you were saying earlier, Helen, about how you tried lots of different things before you landed on your service-based business and that you really didn't want to tell anybody about that because you maybe were a bit embarrassed about it or, you know, whatever. And actually, when you've told people, you found that they have received that very positively. People do like to hear it. You think that people don't want to hear about your life. And of course, they don't when you're banging on about it for hours. But they do want to hear that you're a person and you have trials and tribulations and you struggle just like they do and you have good days and bad in fact sorry I've got to tell you one more story um I'll never forget on social media one day Mari Smith you know you obviously you must know Mari Smith you know sure. the amazing Facebook woman she's such a sweet lady I haven't met her in person but she's always sweet online um I did an interview with her years ago but I'll never forget logging onto Facebook one morning and she had posted oh my gosh terrible start to the day just dropped my protein shake all over me something else has happened something else has happened kind of knew this was going to be a bad day, feeling like I want to go and crawl back into bed or something like that. And I remember thinking, oh, God, it's so good to know that she has bad days too. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's such a silly thing. But I think with social media in particular, we, it's a sheen, isn't it? It's a sheen mm. on top of our lives. You know, we only post the good pics. We only post the fun stuff. We only yeah. say when things are going well, you know. And it's, it's sometimes, so, so if you've got a bit of a personal story to tell, then, you know, get out there and tell it, I say. Um, all right. So, and actually, sorry, actually, I was just going to say, I've, I've got uh, one that I, I, um, uh, <laughs> I was trying to find some interesting images for my blog, right? Um, and I've always liked a bit of drawing. So I drew some cartoon images and I was just like, oh, these are just awful. These are terrible that the, um, you know, they, they look, ha they look hand drawn. <laughs> um, and I just, and, and, um, I'm a, um, a group leader for a local networking group and the, the, the manager or the owner of the networking group said just post them anyway and they just go down so much better than, than the professional stock photos and, yeah. they, and I just look at them and I think oh I mean the first ones from a year ago I just I look a little bit crap around the edges but there's there's humor um, you know it, it's I, I try and try and make them a little bit funny try and lighten things up because some people find my subject a bit dry I try and make it a bit more human um, and, and people respond so much better to these these cartoons that maybe look a bit rough around the edges than they do something that looks professional it's it's a real surprise if you try it it's worth it, a go definitely worth a go yeah don't worry I, I, I always talk about get it done then get it right so you know yeah. you could spend hours perfecting your craft only to get it out there and realize that nobody wants to read it or consume it or look at it anyway so you might as well just get it out in its raw form mm. if it gets some feedback great then you know take it from there so yeah. um, all right so I'm I'm now a more experienced marketer I've set up my email marketing campaigns I've actually got myself a list but I've been very busy and I haven't nurtured that list for a while how do I now reconnect that list? What would be some uh, tips from you on how to reconnect with my list if they've been sat there not hearing from me for a little while? Um, I, I think that is a little difficult because particularly now you can get um, people marking your emails as spam. And if you have too many, a few of those, you can't really help. It just happens because people will hit spam rather than unsubscribe sometimes. And that's just the way it goes. But if you start to go... Um, over a certain amount and I was talking to one of the platforms yesterday um, and they said once um, a load of spam reports go over about six percent we start paying attention um, so you need to be really careful to and people are so forgetful if you've not emailed for six months they'll forget they ever signed up to your list it'll be well what's this I didn't sign up for this um, so I, I would I would just do it very gently and say, hi, hello, this is me. Um, you sign, you sign, say, even say you signed up for my list yeah. so that they can't go, what, who's this person? It's, it's spam. Um, I would even give them the option to unsubscribe or, or make that and say, look, I, I, I know it's been a while. If you'd like to unsubscribe, I, I won't be offended. Please do go ahead. Things move on. I just do it really gently and, and just send them, uh, you know, over a, over a, maybe a week or two, send a few emails that are very gentle like that and, and getting across the benefits of what you can offer them if they stay on your list. Not pushy salesy or anything like that. Um, uh, and just gen gently, like we say, trust, relationship, all that stuff, just gently warm them up. And I think except that a certain number of people will leave because um, so often people's lives move on 
you know yep. that maybe they were looking to start a business and then they got a new job and they're not interested anymore and they they don't want your stuff um but yeah just do it very gently very carefully and i mean i think if it's been a long long time and maybe you've changed your um your website perhaps and it, there's a risk they might not recognize you anymore which mm-hmm. is is quite quite high risk actually um j- just say hey you were on my list before if you'd like to continue to hear from me click this link to s- subscribe to my new list um, because that way you will lose a lot of your list because a lot of people won't won't bother but yeah. at least the people you keep will be high quality people that really want to hear from you um, so yeah I would tread fairly carefully with that certainly don't if it's been a long time don't blast them as you would have done before and go hey it's me and uh, not talk about why you've been away and um, because you, you probably will get some spam report spam complaints from that yeah Great tips. Love it. Um, all right. So I'm going to quiz you a little bit about GDPR. Uh, I just mm-hmm. look, it's a huge subject. I know it's a huge subject, mm-hmm. um, but um, I know until I started working with you last year, I didn't really know what the hell it was all about. Um, and you gave me just some great little pointers and said, well, these are the key things, Joe, that you need to be aware of, which I didn't know at all. So perhaps mm-hmm. you could just run through two or three key pointers for people in Europe who do need to comply with the GDPR regulations? Sure. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, so I can only give you a few tips from the email marketing point of view. And there's yep. a lot more to it than simply getting people on a list in a GDPR compliant way. It's all about how you, you store and you keep and you clean your data within your entire business. So this is not the whole thing by a long way. But um, it did put, when it came in um, May 2018, it scared a lot of small businesses. A lot of them trashed their lists, um, never email marketed again. Um, it really scared people because um, there was, I think there were so many consultants selling services saying, if you don't do as we say, you're going to get a massive fine, which isn't really accurate for a small business anyway but Mm. so don't be afraid of it um a key difference um it it applies to you if you have europeans on or people in the you on your list it doesn't matter if you're or not it's the people on your list I'm just going to repeat that, Helen. I'm just going to repeat that because it froze a little bit. So what you you said was it applies to you no matter where you're based in the world. If Uh you have Europeans or people from the EU on your list, it applies to you. Yes. Yes. Um, So if you're an American and you've got people in the EU on your list, it does apply to you. Now, whether the EU would come and fine you, would go to the trouble of fining you, in the USA is, is another story okay. and I can't say um, but that's the question it's not with, not where you're based it's where your sub- subscribers are, are based really yeah okay um, so what used to happen is that you used to say hey I've got this uh, freebie PDF download it and then you without telling them you add them to your marketing list and you send them marketing emails and that used to be absolutely fine no problem now you can't do that Um, so if you are getting them on a marketing list using a pdf you need to tell them that they're going on your marketing list uh, and what they can expect to receive so you can do that by um, having you know some text on your landing page saying um, you know down download this free checklist and i will send you um, updates on my products and services so you've got to be it's about transparency don't okay 
don't get them to download one thing and send them something else be transparent about what you're sending them and I can't do that on my thank you page. So when I've said, hey, here's a free PDF and they sign up, I can't then say on my thank you page, thanks so much for signing up for my free PDF. Here it is. Uh, and by the way, I'm also going to send you emails, you know, with content and all the rest of it over the next few weeks. If you don't want it, you can unsubscribe at any time. Can I do it at that stage or does it have to be prior to the sign up? It has to be prior. So it has to be, um, it's all about consent. They have to give their consent. Okay. to join your list. Now, right. what you could do is on your thank you page, you could say, if you would like to join my mailing list to get discounts, um, et cetera, you can do that, but they have to consent to joining that yep. separately. Yeah. So okay. it's all about transparency um, and consent. And also um, the, the rest of, of that, that piece on the email marketing is similar to what was, what was in place before. In the, if the, you need to put unsubscribe links in every email. Um, if they want to be deleted, you have to delete them. Um, people kind of have a right to be forgotten and removed from your database if they choose choose to do so, and you need to make that easy for them to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's it's kind of good practice, you know. It's treating people with respect. It's Absolutely. it's not it's not. I mean, it, it is quite daunting in a way that there's a lot to it. But um, you, yeah, you, it's really treating people with respect. And I think if you're treating people with respect, you're not going to be far off. Um, so let's, let, let me just clarify one more point. So let's say that I don't want to sell my products and services through my emails, but I am going to continue to engage with that audience to send them good content. That's still, I guess, you're still selling, aren't you? You're still essentially um, notifying them of other content that you want them to go and have a look at on your blog or social media, or whatever, which may then lead to something which you're eventually going to sell. So I guess on your landing page, you've got to say, look, not only are you going to get my free PDF, but once you enter your name and email address, I am also going to be emailing you every week with some awesome content and information from which you can unsubscribe anytime. That needs to be on the landing page, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's it's not so much about whether you're selling or not selling. Yeah. Um, it's it's responsibility if you're handling personal data. So if you've got their data, you have a responsibility to to uh, to let them delete to be deleted to send them what you said you were going you were going to send them, and then yeah. not suddenly send them something entirely different. But, so what about um, that's another what, thing you can't you can't sell your data you can't sell your data to somebody else because they've only consented to have information from you. No, but you never could, could you? I've, ne I've, I've always thought that was a big no-no, selling your data on I would have videos. never done it, never would have done no. it. However, um, I mean, I, st I still regularly have people, can't, because I've got email marketing in my social media pages, I regularly have people contacting me saying, hey, I can sell you a list of 2,000 names for this amount of money. So it's still a regular thing. It's still people selling databases is still going on a lot. And we, know, and, and we know it is because all of a sudden you get some random limit email from absolutely nobody you've ever saw. I mean, I, I, you know, I find it so often I'll just get a random email from someone. And I think, where on earth have you got my email address? There's no way I've ever signed up for yep. you or whatever. And you know that it's been sold on. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, what about the old double opt-in versus single opt-in um, argument then? What's the situation with that in this day and age? Um. I don't, as far as I'm aware, GDPR doesn't say anything about single or, or double opt-in. Um, that's kind of your choice to make. Um, are, uh, most of the platforms I've seen prefer it because you get a better quality list. Um, it is frustrating sometimes because you get people who um, put their name into your landing page and never confirm and you think, ah, I've lost them. Um, but the way I look at it is if, if they're not committed enough 
to click a link to confirm are they actually going to be of any use to you on a list anyway really mm -hmm. probably not mm -hmm. they're probably not going to open your emails mm -hmm. um, I mean it's 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 all that it goes in a spam folder and they never confirm because they forget to look in the spam, spam folder and that's that's a risk really you need to take but I think I, I would I generally recommend people use double opt-in unless they've got a good reason not to yeah okay interesting I've always been yeah, I don't know. Right from day one, actually, when double opt-in was a big thing, I was a single opt-inner. Um, I didn't okay. like that. Yeah, I, I never liked that extra barrier, just that extra. And from my point of view as well, as somebody who signs up for things, I find it frustrating when I then get an email that says, please mm. confirm your email. I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes, come on, I'm an adult here. I've put my email address in. I just want to go. But you're absolutely right. And I, I, it is a personal choice. I mean, it, it really is. It's not, it's not against the law. You're not breaking any rules. Um, it really is a complete personal choice whatever you feel more comfortable with um, but you're absolutely right if somebody is going to go through the hassle of then clicking that second link they are going to be a better quality lead without a shadow of a doubt mm. um, the times when I've, I've used single opt I did try single opt-in for a while uh, when I was using ads because often when you're uh, you know when you're actually paying for people to opt in yeah. you want as many people on there as possible don't you because yeah. you're, it's all money isn't it it's different from social media where people kind of drifting because they like your stuff you know you, yeah. you're a bit more relaxed then I think um, but I did have to clean the list quite yeah. thoroughly because you got worse poorer quality leads off it and so I was quite strict that if people hadn't opened my single opt-in emails in no, if people hadn't opened an email off my list in like two weeks, I knew they were unlikely to ever open one again. And yeah. I deleted them pretty yeah. swiftly because it was just not worth my, my time and effort and money, really, at the yeah. end of the day. Good. Um, all right. So what would you say are some of the best platforms out there now today then, Helen? Um, I mean, we just had a huge thing using Clavio, didn't we, just before Christmas? We, we, we used Clavio yeah. for my e-commerce site. Um, and they're pretty, pretty good. I mean, they have all your um, e-commerce funnels kind of pre-set up. You just have to put in your own bits and pieces. And um, they're not cheap, though. Once you get to a much bigger list, they're free up to about 250 people. Once you get bigger, they're, they're, they're not cheap at all. But great for e-commerce. Um, you mentioned MailerLite as well for beginners. Uh, mm -hmm. So I certainly don't want to um, use this podcast to promote anyone specifically. But uh, what are some of the best ones you've used over the years? Okay. I mean, I think the key thing is you've got to know what your goals are because people say, I want to do email marketing. It's like, well, what do you want to achieve? Well, I want to, I want to do email marketing. It's like, no, no. <laughs> what do you want from it? And I mean, if, if you only, if you're a beginner and you're on a small budget and you're just dipping your toe in and um, you don't want to spend a lot of money at this point, um, then that's entirely different to your situation where you had an e-commerce site, you're experienced, you know your stuff, you know what you want and you don't want to, mess about with a platform that you're going to have to piece it together yourself you just want some a platform that just provides it all quickly and easily for you mm -hmm. um and it, it's it's a uh, very much dependent on what you want to do so um yeah clavio i first time i'd used it with you and i loved it i thought it was great um, but it was great for e-commerce it would be a over the top for somebody who who was just starting out with one landing page one list absolutely uh, and one freebie it, it would mm. be you know overkill for that so if you've got any com if you've got a shopify site i thought it was fabulous really mm. really good mm. um so yeah so clavio i, I thought was great yeah and uh aweber um, still trucking on yeah yeah i mean i've used aweber for well i used it when i first started out in uh 20 2003 or whenever it was um and it was the only one more or less then yeah it was <laughs> um 
and yeah pretty much um and you know they 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 rely they're reliable they do the job they're um not particularly expensive i find them quite straightforward to use the the, the um uh you know, it's not that hard to find your way around. I think they did fall behind for a few years and the, the other platforms were putting in tagging and automation and stuff like that. And Aweber, they, they did drag their heels a bit. They've caught up now. So if you used Aweber years ago and you're thinking, oh no, it doesn't do what I want, it might do now because they've, uh, I've got a video on my blog about that actually, okay. um, showing their tagging and automation um, on that. So Aweber is a, you know, a, a, a good one. And if you don't um, have particularly um you don't need particularly complex automation and integrations i would definitely give that a go because the price is good for what you get okay uh, any other so ones that good. you recommend uh yeah i think for those people that are i've got a blog and they've got multiple landing pages multiple um freebies and they maybe are selling things with woocommerce um and uh, you, you basically have a load of people coming in from different places and you want to tag them based on where they've come in from and target them emails based on what they've opted in. That can get really messy with some platforms, but um, ConvertKit is really good for making that sort of thing much more straightforward. So I, I really like ConvertKit for often um, information product sellers that are with multiple, uh, would, they're not actually lists, but if you're thinking multiple lists, multiple tags multiple segments convert kits good for that so i'm just going to um, um straight out ask and use this uh, little podcast here as a bit of a, a helpful session for me too so i'm currently using mailchimp for my um my list uh -huh. um and i have been actually looking uh, at convert kit um but i haven't gone deep inside the platform or anything yet um what how do you think convert kit sort of compares up to mailchimp um, I, if I can just say another one to consider in your situation, that situation is active campaign and, the, um, and that may be, that's got slight benefits compared to ConvertKit. Uh, they're on a similar level, but some of, it depends on what exactly what you need. Active campaigns also worth looking at. Okay. Um, I, I found ConvertKit where far easier to use than MailChimp. I, I'm not a big fan of MailChimp. I think their pricing is quite hard to understand and increases quite rapidly now uh, i think their pricing page is not as transparent as it could be um on the um you can only have they change their lists to audiences and on the free plan you can only have one list basically um and then you pay a lot for additional lists beyond that um, and i just find their interface quite hard work to find my way around i just found um, convert kit easier to find my way around much more flexible um, I found the tagging easier I found the integration with other um, other tools like WooCommerce like Elementor if you've got a website WordPress website and you've got an Elementor page builder I found it much easier to, to integrate with that um, yeah I'm I, I'm just I'm not a fan of MailChimp anymore they made some big changes last summer and I, I, I've um, I just find it hard to work with uh, yeah. And there are the be better tools out there, I'm afraid. Yeah, sorry, yeah. MailChimp. Yeah, sorry, MailChimp. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and how about ConvertKit versus Active Campaign? Then you mentioned Active Campaign a minute ago. What's what's the yeah. similarities differences between they're, those? They're, um, I think they're both really powerful on the um, the tagging, the segmenting, um, the automations. They're really great on both of them. Um, I believe ConvertKit is will give you. Um, 
you can quickly set up landing pages with ConvertKit, whereas um, with ActiveCampaign, it's not quite so strong on that, although I need to go have a better look. Mm-hmm. Um, ActiveCampaign's strength is um, it does CRM. So for those businesses that um, are calling clients or calling prospects and they need to keep a track of their, um, their name, their phone number, their geographical address, mm-hmm. when they contacted them, when they should follow up, um, and, and you know the likeliness, likelihood of converting that conversation to an actual sale. Active Campaign handles that side of it better, okay. As well, so they are a, a similar, but have got strengths in different areas. Okay, so if you're just if you're an information marketer and you're not going to start ringing and contacting people and need to know their geographical location, it's it's um, pretty fifty fifty between the two, is it? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably, in your situation, I'd probably look more towards ConvertKit, but, but Active Campaign, but worth having a little look at that as well, okay. because it's, you never know quite where you're going to go in future, do you? And, and um, you no. know, you might look at it and go, aha, yeah, actually, that would be really handy for what I'm thinking of, I might do in a couple of years' time. Because yeah. you can move these things, but once you've, once you've got a load of um, automations and, um, you know, integrations, it, it's a pain to move. So it you want something that's going to, it's going to work for you for a few years at least, don't you? So you need yeah. to look at what you need now and give you a bit of room for growth as well. Yeah. And years ago, when Convert Kit first came out, I remember one of their big sales points was something to do with social media. So are they quite strong? Is that to do with that tagging as people come in? So, you know, people have come in through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Is that is that what they're talking about? Yeah, the, the tagging is 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 nice. And it's they don't have lists at all. Okay. So everybody comes in, goes in the same same pot basically yeah and you just tag them based on what they've shown interest in where they've come from uh what they've bought yeah um that kind of thing a bit so, like um and you you know a bit like infusionsoft back in the day <coughs> yeah i mean i've not used infusionsoft because it's 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 way too complex compared to what my clients need so yeah. I've not gone down that route, but I think that's what they were. A lot of them were trying to do. They were trying to give some of the power of Infusionsoft, but mm. without the expense and the need to hire a ton of consultants to set it all up. Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a challenging platform, and uh, I kind of got sucked into it. But thankfully, I didn't pay the setup fee. But um, that's exactly how that worked. It would you just had one list of everybody that came in and then they were just tagged and um, okay all right I might give convert kit a bit of a look then um, oh. all right Helen we are uh, coming up towards the hour mark I can't believe that we've um, been chatting wow. away I know it's <laughs> gone really fast um, what are some what are some great little email marketing tips and tricks that you could leave our audience with have you got two or three cool things bits of advice that you could give <sighs> people listening I I don't find the cool tips that effective. I'll be All right, honest. solid tips then. Key, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that because what I see people what I see people doing wrong is they're looking for cool tips, and actually, what works is is the boring stuff like consistency, like building Love relationships, it. like trust, yeah. like having a goal, like knowing what you're working towards, like having it aligned with your um, your business goals. All that stuff. If you get that right. It's um, a question of tweaking and testing and getting it to fit better. I think if people go looking for tips, that's where, you know, they try it out. It doesn't work. It fizzles out and then they abandon it. <laughs> so yeah, I would say yeah. don't look for the t- do don't, Do the don't foundation look for the tips. stuff. Yeah. yeah, do the foundation stuff. Know where you're going. Have your goals. Um, and, and treat people as human beings. You know, they, they, you may never see them. They may just read your emails, but 
you know, tr treat, treat them with human beings and then they will respond and they will spend money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you've said the word consistent a few times in this podcast. And I just think that oh. is really important. It's so important. And that's where these platforms are so good because you can take an entire weekend one day and sit down and write out 15 emails, you know, and set them up to go out once a week so that you're consistently oh. in people's inboxes without you actually having to do anything. I mean, that's the beauty and the magic of it, isn't it? Mm, definitely as long as you're personable and and you know uh, that's that's the trouble with my emails is I really like to keep them quite current you know I like to say yeah. oh this is where I am in the world right now and here's a picture and stuff like that so I find I'm always because I'd love to um, be able to just write all my emails out and give them to a VA and say there you go go and you know put all my emails in there and do that but you know I, I think about my Monday email probably on a Sunday and I think well you know what have I been doing this week what's interesting what's topical what's current what can I tell my audience that's happening right now which works because it means that I'm very personable and very relevant but it's a bit more work you know to maintain it is a bit but i think there are there are, you can do a mix though i mean you can you can in in almost any subject there is evergreen stuff that you can build you can do ahead of time so you could maybe put out a video that's more evergreen but the you know the introductory email encouraging people to click on the link and read it that you could do the night before and that would still save you a load of time that'd be you know, yep. So there's sometimes ways and means of, of, of automating it, but still keeping that personal touch as well. Great tip. Thank you very much for that. Um, so before we go, what, obviously you offer a service to help people with their email marketing, but if I'm just starting out and I'm um, just getting my business going and I kind of want to gen up a bit more on email marketing, where do I go? What do I, where do I go to start to learn a little bit more about it and how to set things up and how to set up landing pages and email campaigns and stuff like that? What are some great resources that you recommend? Okay. I mean, I'm, um, trying to put really good stuff on my blog um yeah. now i can't cover everything um but what i find is people go to the the, the platforms and if you go to any of the, the websites of the platforms they've pretty much got a fantastic knowledge base where will tell you exactly how to do all this stuff on their platform um so if i mean if you just google knowledge base and active campaign for example or convert it, it you will get all the how to's it's all there a lot of what isn't there is why you should use that platform like we were saying who it's good for uh, in particular um, because they want to appeal to everybody mm. um, so I'm trying to do that more on my blog and I, I've got a, um, a neglected YouTube channel um, that I mentioned a while ago I've got quite a lot of hits on it but I've not done anything in like years I don't think with it so I, that's the sort of stuff I'd like to do it's like not so much how to use the platforms but why you should be using it and the, the, the quick tips to get you started and the things to not bother doing that will are not of the best use of your time and stuff like that. So I'd like to do more of that in this coming year. Excellent. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think if you can, if, if you can always keep an eye on my, on what, what are your goals? Why are you doing this? What do you want to achieve? Makes it easier to throw the information out there. And there's a lot of it. It's finding a way through it. That's, that's hard. Sorry, Helen, you just froze then. It was that you were just giving that lovely last tip and you froze. Okay. So you just, okay. Can you just say that last bit again? Just, yeah. just know your goals and move from there. Yeah. I th I th what I was saying is that there's not really any shortage of information on how to use this stuff. Mm -hmm. If you go to any of their sites, it, it's all there. There's tons of it on YouTube. Um, the difficult bit is when to use it and how to put it into a strategy and what's the right tool, 
all for you. And the best way of, of finding your way through that maze is to be very clear about what your goals are, what do you want to achieve. And if you work back from that, it gets a lot easier to filter out all the stuff you don't need and then hone in, home in on the, the information that's going to be useful to you. But I do try my best to do that on my blog to Excellent. help people through that maze. Well, your blog link is going to be somewhere on this page, wherever people are currently listening to this podcast. It's going to be in the show notes. It's going to be on the blog site. It's going to be underneath this podcast if it's on social media and you will find um, the link through to get to the show notes and get Helen's link to her blog. So you can find out lots more information on on Helen's site there. And if you are looking for somebody to help you out with your email marketing, I can highly recommend Helen. We worked together just before Christmas on my e-commerce site. I'm looking forward to um, hopefully getting you involved again this year on my Your Lifestyle Business stuff. Um, Got a few projects coming up and hoping that you'll be up for uh, doing a few bits and pieces with me this year. Um, Definitely. highly recommend uh, getting in touch with Helen if you're looking for somebody to help you with your email marketing campaign. Um, other than that, this has been great, Helen. That's, been, that's gone super fast. Uh, we've discussed loads of stuff, which I hope will really help the people listening. And I just want to say thank you ever so much for coming on today. You're very welcome. And thank you very much for asking me. That's it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To join in the conversation, please head over to yourlifestylebusiness.com where you can find links to podcasts, show notes, and sign up to download my free ebook, How to Build a Business You Can Run from Anywhere in the World. Also, make sure you come and join our Facebook community. Just search for Your Lifestyle Business on Facebook and you'll soon be sharing ideas with like-minded entrepreneurs all on the same journey. Lastly, if you have a moment, please subscribe and quickly rate this podcast on iTunes. It takes a tenth of a second to hit the little stars and your rating will ensure it gets out to more people and impacts as many as possible with the message, make it happen. Thank you so much. See you next time.